Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests and happy Christmas. Here we are in our Christmas celebration and um, I just love the songs we've been singing, the carols we've been singing. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. You know, come ye to Bethlehem. We're singing about the coming of Jesus Christ. We're singing about the fact that we have a saviour of the world. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that is what we are celebrating today as we gather together online and here in person at Citygate Church. We are celebrating the birth of the Saviour of the world. And today as we think about these things, as we're on this third um, Sunday now of, of understanding what Christmas means to me, we've understood that God had a plan for the world, that the world had to have a Saviour. Somebody had to... Um, to repair and to pay the price for everything that got so broken um, because of man's choices. We've looked last week, Pastor Sally, as she was speaking about um, Mary and, and how we personally respond, you know, to the things that God has for us. Really, really important that there's a personal response there. But today I want to talk about what does this mean to me? What does this mean to me? There was a, um, a song Years ago, there was this organization around the world um, to help to try to alleviate world poverty and, 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 and hardship, trying to raise funds to deal with the world's needs. And there was a song th that was done for Christmas, and the opening lines were this, it's Christmas time, there's no need to be afraid. And I was thinking about that song, I've already heard it, a you know, a few times this Christmas already. And um, I was thinking, well, they're great words, but, you know, is that true? Is that honest? Um, is there really no need to worry right now? Is there really no need to be afraid, to be anxious? Um, as we look around the world, um, we see all sorts of things we can get concerned about and we can be upset about. There's all sorts of things people are getting angry about, all sorts of things people are really worried about. We are hopefully getting a vaccine for the COVID situation, you know, being released soon. But, but there's all these things, lots of concerns. Have I got a job? You know, what's family going to look like? What's the business going to look like over the next year? And how does Christmas really play a part with all these world issues? How does Christmas really play a part? Is, can it actually make a difference? So today, as we think about, you know, celebrating Christmas, the birth of the Son of God, the birth of the Savior of the world, I want to answer that question, really. What does Christmas mean to me? What does the birth of the Savior of the world, as we remember it just a few days' time, and in this season, what does it mean to me? Can the birth of Jesus actually make a difference? There's a, a fantastic verse in the Bible where the Lord... Jesus Christ said this. You find it in the Gospel of John. He says this, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy people's lives, people's circumstances. He said this, But I have come that you may have life, abundant life, life in all its fullness. That's quite a statement. As I began three weeks ago, we talked about how the announcement of Jesus Christ was this, that he would be the son of God and he would set up a new kingdom. We found out that he was announced to be the savior 
of the world. But all those things seem pretty sort of estranged, really. They seem pretty spiritual and, and sort of out there. But what does that mean to me in my everyday life? But here we find a verse that says, I've come, the enemy comes, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life in all its fullness. And I'm going to say it like this, every day in your daily life that you can experience the life of God and the love of God and God's light, God's goodness on a daily basis. He didn't say this, I've come that you may have an easy life. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I've come that your life may be like tiptoeing through the tulips. He didn't say that. Another part of the Gospels, he actually said this, in this world, you're going to have trouble. There's going to be a lot of hassle. You're going to face all sorts of challenges. You're going to have to overcome things. You're going to face issues. You're going to have to deal with things. You're going to have to overcome things. Things are going to want to come against you that you're going to have to overcome. He didn't say life's going to be easy, but he did say this, in the middle of the life, that the enemy wants to steal things and kill things and destroy things, in the middle of all of that, there's an answer. And it's a relationship with the God who created you. And as you relate to him, as you give your life to Jesus, as you make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your own life, he said, you know what? You can know and experience the abundant life of God that God always intended for us to have. See, being a Christian actually makes a difference. It's not just a religion, it's not just a belief, it's not just a tradition, it's not just a song you sing or a way you dress or a, or a belief that you have. It actually makes a difference in your everyday lives. It affects us in so many ways. And we're going to go through just some of those today. How does being a Christian affect my life? Well, it affects it in a number of ways. As I've said it says in the Bible, God came, the Lord Jesus Christ came to set up a new kingdom. But that kingdom's not a physical place. You can't get on the 119 bus and go to the kingdom of God. You can't get on an airplane and fly to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has to do with how we live our lives, the principles by which we live our lives, the sort of a culture we have, the things we believe and the relationship with God that we have. That's the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus said this, he said, the kingdom of God is going to be on the inside of you. I've come to set up a kingdom, but that kingdom is going to be life on the inside of you. How you live, how you think. You know, traditionally we say that, you know, Christmas time is a time of peace and a time of joy. But can I say this? In the kingdom of God, the whole of the kingdom has to do with peace and joy and lots of other things as well. Love and faith and kindness. All these things are in the kingdom of God. So even though we think about them at Christmas time, to give your life to Jesus and to receive him as your Lord and Savior and for his kingdom to come to live on the inside of you means this, that all the principles of his kingdom can have effect in our lives on a daily basis. So let's think about some of these areas, shall we? The first area that the kingdom of God and having a relationship with God really affects our lives, being a Christian really affects our lives. The first area is this. He affects us emotionally in the way we think. There's a whole lot of talk right now and, and I'm glad about it that we're starting to understand health in our emotions, health in our, in our state of how we think how we react, our emotions, our stress levels, all those sorts of things. 
But I want to say this loud and clear, that Jesus Christ can affect us in our emotional state. I think it's a very, very sad fact that there seem to be more and more stories of people giving up on life. The pressures are too great. The demands are too great. People can't cope with all the pressures of life. But you know what the Bible says? That the Spirit of God can give us a sound mind, can give us strength in the way we think and in the way we react to things, how we face stress, how we face these emotions. I absolutely know that a relationship with God has helped me so much, has strengthened me so much on the inside that with all the pressures of life that we all have to deal with, my faith in Jesus Christ and my relationship with Him means that I've got something strong on the inside, which means I can take captive thoughts. He actually says in God's word, you can take thoughts captive. You don't have to, you know, have a mind that just goes all, the, all over the place and, and stresses out about everything. Why? Because God on the inside of us, a relationship with Jesus can strengthen our thoughts and strengthen our minds. You know, we're in a day of incredible connection. We connect online, we connect with texts, we connect with all sorts of social media. We connect so easily and yet people are feeling so lonely. They don't know how to relate with people. It's as if people can now only relate with a sort of a phone and, and um, information overload. We're, we're seeing more than we've ever seen. We're getting information more than we've ever got information. But what that seems to be doing is, is actually taking away that inner peace that God wants to give us. We're getting so much information. There's so much competition now. People think they need to look like that and they need to act like that. And if they don't, they feel bad about themselves. People read about other people's lives and they compare their own lives to what they see online. But the, you know, the thing is, what you see online is not real. The types of things people say about their great life, everybody's facing the same challenges. They're just trying to put forward some kind of an idea that my life's together. There was a film I saw the other day where somebody was absolutely distraught. There's a film called The Guardian actually about deep sea diver, not deep sea divers, um, swimmers that go out to rescue people. And there was this guy and he'd been through this incredibly traumatic experience and, and he was streaming and he was upset and he was crying and he said, I'm in control of myself. And the other person says, yep, I can see that. And it was a very profound statement that there seems to be people all over the world now that say, I'm in control of my life. I'm okay. I'm all good. And yet on the inside, there's utter turmoil. But can I say today, the good news of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord as we celebrate this Christmas is this, that Jesus has come to give you life. And that life can be abundant life in our emotions. He can get in there and he can deal with all the hurt and the chaos and the confusion and the shame and he can bring in the most incredible peace. And you know what? God loves you just as you are. He accepts you just as you are. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to God. You know what? The good news of the gospel is come to God just as you are. He accepts you just as you are and he, and he begins a work on the inside of us by giving us that new engine on the inside. He does a clean up job in order to put us straight in the way we think all the pressures, the pressures of life are still there. But how we react, how we handle all of those is completely different when you have the strength of Jesus Christ on the inside. There's this incredible verse where the Apostle Paul said this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
And that was in the middle of a passage of saying, there's this pressure and there's that, and there's that pressure. He said, I can handle all of it. Why? Because I've got Christ. I've got Jesus Christ as my savior and he strengthens me. What's the next thing that we can uh, be encouraged in today as we understand this incredible life of God? Jesus said, I've come to give you life. The second area is physically, is physically. Wow, actually, Jesus Christ can make a difference physically. In the Gospels, we find out this, that Jesus, who was born in the manger, and there was the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, and the wise men came, and they gave him all the love and all the worship, and the shepherds had the announcement, they came. That little child, he grew up, and for 30 years, we don't really find out in a whole load about him, but when he was 30 years old, the Bible says this, he received the power of the Holy Spirit upon his life. And for three and a half years, he went everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. He went everywhere and he healed people physically and he sorted out their physical needs everywhere he went. As a Christian, I still need to eat right. I still need to exercise. That's a challenge for me. I'm not naturally someone who normally goes to the gym. You know, of course, we need to keep ourselves healthy and fit and straight, and that's, and that's good. But there's a supernatural power in the name of Jesus Christ that can heal sickness and disease, and that can do supernatural things that actually a, a pill or a tablet can never do. See, our God is a healing God. There are some great scriptures in the Old Testament that actually say that God strengthened people physically. So we know about the healing ones, but in the Old Testament, there's a man called Elijah and it says the power of God came upon his life and he could actually run faster than a king's chariot at that time. Why? Because he needed to. You see, God can affect your life physically. Perhaps you've got physical challenges today. Perhaps you're facing sickness and disease. Perhaps there's something, you know, in your family line that you've inherited. The good news today is that there is healing in the name of Jesus. I have seen so many people physically healed. I've received physical healing myself. I'm not trying to say that we just live life going through life and we're just immune to any sickness and any disease. We've just been facing this year and we still are. You know, this whole COVID-19 um, pandemic, it's been tragic, the impact that has had on families and on lives and now financially and on all sorts of you know, people in their business and on the economy. But I can take strength today and I know this, that my God is a healing God. And every day as I pray for my kids, as they go to school, well, one's still at school anyway, we pray in the car every day going to school, thank you, Lord, today for protection from COVID-19. And we actually are, are quite strong about it. We say we refuse to receive it in Jesus' name. Why? Because our God is a healing God. What's the next thing that I can speak about today? You see, the Lord Jesus, he said, I've come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. One translation says this, abundant life. Of course, that affects us emotionally. Of course, that affects us physically. But the good news today is this, that it also affects us materially. It also affects us financially in our stuff. As I read through the Bible, I find that our God is a generous God. He's not a stingy God. He's not a God who takes away. One person in the Old Testament said, the Lord gives and the Lord and he takes away. And he was wrong when he said it. 
Our God is not a taking God. He is a giving God. We've already found out that there are consequences to wrong decisions. And of course, there are consequences that if, you know, if we live life in a wrong way and if we're selfish and if we're, and if we're wrong in our attitudes, then things are going to be taken away from us just in life, in everyday life. But the Bible says this, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So if you sow bad stuff, that's what you're going to reap. But if you sow from a place of being a generous person, then you're going to reap the abundance of God. You can find it all the way through the Bible. There's a time when a boy brought five loaves and two fish to Jesus and he prayed over that meal, just somebody's lunch really. He prayed over it and God's abundant life hit that lunch and Jesus Christ fed thousands of people. It actually multiplied. Those two fish, fish became thousands of fish. Those five loaves became thousands of loaves. Why? Because God's a generous God. God's a good God. I can think back through my Christian life and I can think of times when I was in need and I prayed and God met those needs. And I mean financially and I mean physically and I mean, you know, in my everyday life, in, in, my, in my experience. Can being a Christian actually make a difference? Yes, it can. There was a time, I'll just give you this one story. I was in my car one day, I actually had a van, it was a little van because I was a drummer and I had a van and on that day my van went wrong, the exhaust pipe fell off, all right, I was 19 years old, <laughs> I was driving along and the exhaust pipe fell off and it's like, oh no, and so um, I had to drop that home, I got a price on the way home as to how much a new exhaust pipe would cost and I think, I, I can remember this so clearly, I think for the whole exhaust pipe, because the whole thing was rusted, it was 138 pounds, all right? And I can remember that. And on that evening, I didn't say anything to anybody. On that evening, I went to my small group. This is a shameless plug for small groups right now. As a church, we have small groups everywhere. We love small groups, people relating and praying for each other. And I was going to my small group. This was when I was 19 years old. And I arrived at the small group and I got there on the bus, didn't drive there. And I got there just a little bit late because the bus was late or something, or perhaps I got the late one, I don't know, but I got there a little bit late. I hadn't spoken to anybody from the small group about the things that had happened that day. And I went in that evening. And as I got there, the owner of the house, the, you know, the head of the small group, the leader of the small group said, oh, Julian, we're so glad you're here. We thought that you weren't coming. But as we started tonight and we were praying, it was put on someone's heart for us, just as a small group, just to receive an offering for you this evening. And I thought, what? I hadn't been a Christian very long. I thought, what is this all about? And they gave me an envelope that they'd just passed round that evening, just a dozen people in the small group. And you know how much was in the envelope? This is absolutely the truth. There was 138 pounds in that envelope. Now I know people are going to be going, ah, oh, yeah, right, pull the other one. But you know what? I've seen God do it too many times. My God is a provider. He provided in the Bible and his abundant life. You see, the devil wants to come and steal, kill and destroy. And I'm sure there are people online today, you're facing challenges with your job. You're facing you know, challenges with your income. Perhaps you've been on furlough and your finances have gone down 80%, 60%, 40%. I know it's gone back up to 80 right now, but, but you know, perhaps you've got all sorts of financial challenges. I want to encourage you today. The Bible says, you know what? Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. 
a part of the abundant life that we have in God is us as we meet other people's needs. God sees every seed that is sowed. He sees our generosity. He's a generous God towards us. And as we are generous to other people, and can I say, there are so many opportunities right now to be generous, to be generous both in church and to the poor and into society in so many ways. Let's be generous with our time. Let's be generous with our our speech, with the words we use to encourage people. Let's be generous financially to people. Let's be generous. Let's do somebody else's shopping for them and just put it on the front door to, you know, to ring the doorbell and perhaps, you know, um, scoot down the road and just leave a bag of great shopping for somebody. I don't know. All sorts of things. I know it's Christmas time and we think about giving presents, but this is not a Christmas thing. This is a lifestyle. This is the Christian life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, life in all its fullness. We meet other people's needs and God meets our needs. What's the fourth way that this incredible abundant life impacts our lives? Well, it's socially. It's in the relationships we have with other people. Life is all about us having social relationships with other people. God did not intend that we should be isolated. This last year has been a year of social distancing. I've forgotten what it's like to shake someone's hand. I've forgotten what it's like to come to church on a Sunday and give someone a hug. You know, I'm not a very huggy person in that sort of a way, but you know what? I really miss being able to have physical contact with people. I've got my family, which is wonderful. That's all great. But you know what? God never intended us to be an island. He created us to be social people. There's been all sorts of studies done about how isolation is not a good thing. And I want to encourage you today that even though we've had a year of physical distancing, We've called it social distancing, but we've tried to be social as much as possible. But physically distance, stand away from everybody two meters, wear a mask, all these things. And, and that's been for the, you know, the safety of the health safety of the nation. I get it. I understand it. But you know what? The damage that social distancing and being socially estranged from people um, has done, it, you know, it's going to take a long time to repair. And I want to encourage you today that having a relationship with God can impact us in our social life. He can bring healing in those areas. Perhaps there's been relational breakdown in your family. Perhaps there's been all sorts of relational tensions um, over the last few years, not even to do with COVID. Our God is a God who accepts people who have been outcast, socially distanced, people who feel ashamed, people who feel like they don't fit. Our God is a God who receives people into his family. He's a God who can get into the middle of a family and heal the breakdown. He's a God, you know, perhaps there's all sorts of people, and I know abuse is a huge issue in our world today for all sorts of reasons, but our God is a God who can come in knowing Jesus as Savior and Lord means he can come into the middle of your situation and your circumstance and heal where you've been hurt and abused. He can set the captives free. The first thing that Jesus ever preached, he said, the power of, of the Spirit of God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, to open the prison doors. Jesus Christ today, the abundant life of God can affect us in our emotions, in the way we think, in, in how we react to things. He can heal us physically. He can, he can bring wholeness financially, but he can also affect us in our in our social life, in the relationships that we have with people. A whole load of, of 
you know, being alive and having life in all its fullness is understanding how to forgive other people. I'm so glad that God has forgiven me. At the very heart of Christianity is that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's forgiven us of all the stuff we've done wrong. And he set us free from what the Bible calls sin. And from that place of being forgiven, you know the Bible says this, we're to forgive other people. When you don't forgive somebody, I'm sure it's upsetting the whole sort of a relationship that we have with that person. Of course it does. But perhaps you're holding stuff against people that you haven't seen for years and they don't even know it. It's doing more harm to us when we don't forgive than it ever does to the other person. I'm going to encourage you today that the life of God can come into your life in order to bring forgiveness both for ourselves, but also the power to forgive other people. And it's so good to live life being free from all that hurt and that pain and that unforgiveness in order to set people free in our own experience and in our own lives. And finally today, the last point, you see, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and life in all its fullness. I'm going to use a word there, eternal life in all its fullness. You see, Jesus comes to affect us financially and emotionally and in all those other ways, but he comes to affect us spiritually. You see, there's the big question, is there life after death? What happens when somebody dies? Well, I want to answer that because there is an answer for that in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, there is life after death. You see, everybody is going to live forever. But everybody's going to live forever either in the abundant life of God, having a relationship with God, and the Bible actually says in the place called heaven. Heaven's not just this ethereal place with clouds and we all turn into little fat baby angels playing little harps and lies. That's not what heaven is all about. There's a whole load about heaven in the Bible and the Bible actually says God's going to you know, create everything again. He's going to destroy everything by fire. Then he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And everybody who's given their life to Jesus Christ is going to live with God in all the abundant life. There's going to be no more sickness, no more tears, the Bible says, no more pain, no more famine, no more disease, no more um, uh, destroyed families and, you know, broken lives. We're going to live in the abundant life of God forever. And that's not just pie in the sky. As I've explained, this affects our lives in the here and now. But there is eternal life for all those that accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I did that on October the 8th, 1984. That's the day that everything about my life turned around. I received eternal life on the inside. Jesus Christ, he removed out that old dead engine and he put in a brand new heart. And that brand new heart has abundant life in it, has eternal life in it. I have a confidence today, not because I'm anything special. We've already covered you know, anything that gets smashed needs to be paid for. I couldn't pay for this myself. Jesus Christ, he paid for the sin of the world. He paid the price to give people abundant life. When you receive him as Lord and Savior, it's his life that comes and lives on the inside. It's his goodness, his joy. From that place, of course, it's going to affect our everyday life, but it's not because of how good we are. It's because of how great he is. From that day on October the 8th, I received abundant life. I know 
that I'm going to spend eternal life with my Father God in heaven. Not because I've deserved it, not because I've earned it, but because he paid the price to give it to me. So this abundant life affects us in so many ways on a daily basis. But this abundant life, over and above everything else, gives us abundant, eternal life forever and ever to spend eternity with God. Friend, I'm going to ask you on this day of great celebration, this is our, this is our Christmas celebration and we're remembering the birth of the Saviour of the world. But I want to ask you something which really, really gets to the heart of the matter. Do you know that you have eternal life, that you're going to spend eternity with God in heaven? That question can only be answered if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. So I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer to, uh, today with me. We do this every Sunday, but especially here today on this Christmas celebration to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Of course, all the other things come as part of the package. There's the healing and there's the, and there's the peace and the joy in your mind and in your circumstances and in your relationships. But at the very heart of the matter is this, you receive Jesus as Lord, you receive eternal life. And I'm going to pray this prayer now. And, it, and it's a prayer that says, Jesus, will you come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior? I receive you today. I thank you for dying for me. I give you my life. I want to live for you. I want to know you, Heavenly Father, for eternity. If you want to pray that prayer with me, friend, I'm going to encourage you to do that right now. Perhaps today you're online and you've prayed that prayer before, but you know what? You're not actually really every day in that Christian life. Well, friend, today I'm going to encourage you to give your life to God again. Why don't you pray this with me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. I thank you that you demonstrated your love through sending your son as the savior of the world to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you today as my Lord, as my savior and as my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive your eternal, abundant life. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, here on this great Christmas celebration, we are going to celebrate, and the Bible says all of heaven is now celebrating the fact that you have given your life to God. You're now a Christian. A new day has begun for you, a whole new journey in your life. But you know what? God has got a plan for your life, which is good, which is full of love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness. The Bible says the plans God has for you are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. I want to say to everybody today, Happy Christmas. We've got an online service here on the 25th, so why don't you join us again? But have a great Christmas. Celebrate, relax, get a bit de-stressed. That's a great thing to do. But more than anything else, come on, let's think about the birth of our Savior and let's do everything we can to help make other people's lives great. God bless you. Have a happy Christmas and I'll see you next time.